Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I thank God that uh, I go to a church that is sensitive and receptive and willing to be spirit-led and being led by the Word of God. The time to be seeker-sensitive Those days are coming to an end. It is time to be spirit sensitive. And guess what will happen? The seekers will come. The seekers will come. God is raising up and building up this house and this church. The scripture says, unless God build the house, those that labor, labor in vain. Oh, come on. Who believes that God is still building his church today? What did Jesus say? He said, on this rock, I will what? Build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So that means no lie of the enemy, no attack from the pit of hell, no strategy or scheme can come against what Jesus Christ has established. And who in your knows, we are the church. We are living and breathing. Come on, it's not an organization. We are an organism. We are connected as brothers and sisters in Christ. And how are we going to see God move and do what he needs to do? By his spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can we go ahead and thank God? We want to welcome you here at Riverside. We kind of just had like a family moment. Here at Riverside Church, where Pastor Bobby said, Come on, who, who loves their lead pastor, Pastor Bobby and Pastor Don? I love my parents, and uh, I'm going to try to preach this word in five minutes for you guys. Just kidding. Sometimes I say whenever it's going to be a short message, it ends up breaking the record for the longest message I ever preached. So we're just going to get into it, y'all. Who's ready for the word tonight? I love what Dr. Brassfield said. Who enjoyed Dr. Brassfield coming to minister this past week, weekend. We love Dr. Brassfield. So thankful for our oversight pastors. Um, he preached a message entitled "The Ministry of Impartation." I encourage you to go back and listen to it when you get a chance. He talked about the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and how God is still moving here in the world today, and how we need to be sure that we are receptive and willing to reach out for whatever God has for us because God wants to get what's inside of him on the inside of us, amen? That you weren't created to do this life on your own. Maybe you're new to this church thing. Maybe you're new to faith or whatever else. I just want to encourage you tonight. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. God, he desires for you not to be a Lone Ranger Christian or to live and be isolated like an island. He has invited you to partner with him to where you are led by him, by his spirit, where you build a relationship, a personal relationship with him. Because your God does not want to be known as a distant entity. You know what your God wants to be known as? As a personal savior. How does that happen? By the intimacy that we have with the Holy Spirit. The intimacy that we have with the Holy Spirit. My father told me before, he said, son, don't seek influence in ministry. 
seek intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because when you seek intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you'll begin to have the integrity that you need. And if there be any influence that is there, it will be able to last. Why? Because it wasn't about the platform. It was about the private secret place and the time that you spent alone with God. Why? Because I don't want to step up on this stage out of alignment in my personal life. Because let me tell you something real quick. We need to understand that there is power in our private, intimate, devotional life that we have with God. And we need to begin, like what Pastor Bobby said, to take what we hear here and take it back home and begin to build upon it. Amen? Amen. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 14, verse 25 through 27. Tonight we're going to be talking about this, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We just talked about the ministry of impartation, but tonight what we're going to be talking about is this, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What does ministry mean? Ministry means the, the work or the vocation, the acts of the Holy Spirit. And it says this in John chapter 14. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me there. Verse 25 through 27. It says this, and this is Jesus to give you some context, talking to his disciples. He's preparing them for his departure, and he says this. And I think this is right in alignment with what Pastor Bobby just shared. It says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, somebody say the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Somebody say all things. And bring to your remembrance all things I have said to you. Jesus talking. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The helper, the Holy Spirit. Tonight, we're just going to talk about this for the next few minutes and moments that we share. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. Can we pray together right now, Lord Jesus? Thank you, Lord, for just invading and having your way right now in these moments of time. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that you would just take these words, God, and that it would begin to penetrate, oh God, the hearts of your people. Build your house. Build your church. Have your way, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. Come on, can somebody say amen? Come on, can somebody go give Jesus a hand clap and ovation of praise and worship on your way back to your seat? God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of reading of God's word. I'm going to try to slow down a little bit. I am what you call a fast speaker at times. I'm also a fast eater. Me and my family are known. We sit down with people sometimes, right? And they'll blink and we'll be done with our food and everything. It's like, my goodness, they already finished their food, you know? But I understand that sometimes in order for you to properly digest and get what is being said, that you'll need to hear it in a way and maybe even begin to write things down. So you're more than welcome to write some things down as well. Um, but excited and um, honestly, I was pumped up and was talking to my wife about this. My wife, by the way, it's our one-year anniversary this week. Come on. My wife, Brooklyn's right here in the front. And sometimes I feel like God will just begin to switch things up at times. And I had felt like there was a word that, you know, I had to share with you today. And this morning, I felt like God told me to just to change the entire message. So I just simply want to be obedient to what God says. But we're talking about the ministry 
of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that in the scripture that we just read, we find the disciples in an important, pivotal time within the ministry of Jesus. Because Jesus, for about three and a half years, he walked this earth, he did miraculous signs, miracles, and wonders. He was an amazing teacher. Thousands of people would gather around and listen to the words that he would share. Thousands of people. You know, and we find out that at one point there were people listening to him speak and share, that they forgot to eat, and they got a little hungry, and that 5,000, well, actually, if you look into it, it says there was 5,000 men. That's not including the women and the children, so it probably was more like fifteen to 20,000 people. And he took a little kid's Lunchable, multiplied it, and fed thousands of people with some fish and loaves. He did miraculous things, and the disciples got in the habit of going to Jesus for their needs, which I think it's important for us to go to God when we have needs, because who knows that God cares about our needs, amen? That God is not too big for little things, but he's not too little for big things. That if you care about it, you can be assured that God cares about it. That doesn't mean that it's not necessarily the priority all the time, but the disciples, whether there was a bill that needed to be paid or there was a demon that needed to be cast out or blind eyes needed to be opened up or whatever else, they would go to Jesus. But now Jesus is preparing his disciples for when he's not there physically. And he knew ahead of time his mission and his mandate and what he was called to do. What was that? To establish the kingdom of God here in the earth. The disciples, though, thought Jesus just came to establish the kingdom within Israel, within the nation of Israel. But we know the scripture, for God so loved the what? World. So he desired for everyone and anyone to experience the kingdom of God, where God will begin to rule and reign through all those that have called on his name. So he was preparing the disciples, and he was telling them this ahead of time, and I can imagine them probably not understanding everything he was saying in that moment, but come the day of Pentecost, we know that Peter understood what Jesus was doing ahead of time, right? Where, where it, kinda, it all clicked and made sense where he realized, man, what Jesus is doing right here, because you need to understand, Jesus even told the disciples before he sent them out, he said, greater works will you do in my name. Think about that for a second. Greater works will you do in my name. And if you want to know how and why Jesus was able to do what he did, it's because he was anointed and filled with the Spirit of God. How do we know that? Dr. Brassfield talked a little bit about, about it this past Sunday. But whenever Jesus, after he was tempted, right, in the wilderness, for the 40 days and 40 nights, because who knows, if something hasn't been tested, it can't be trusted. Jesus had to go through temptation and testing, and the scripture says that when he came out, he came out full of the power of the Spirit. And that's whenever his ministry really began to take off, right? And God knew, Jesus knew that in order for his disciples 
to go out and flip the world upside down. Because guess what? That's exactly what they did. They flipped the world upside down. That they would need to be empowered and filled with that same spirit as well. Think about this. Twelve ordinary, average men. Most of them fishermen. Low people within that society during that time. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, whenever people were walking by the upper room, they said, who are these Galileans that are speaking our language? In other words, what are these uneducated fishermen? They sh- how are they able to do what they're doing? But that's when Peter steps out empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says this, what you're hearing and what you're seeing take place right now was prophesied by the prophet Joel, where God said that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And on that day, y'all, over 3,000 people, think about this, by Peter, a filthy fisherman who beforehand denied Christ three times when the rooster crowed, ran away and wept bitterly, but God had a way of restoring him back, empowering him with his spirit, and guess what? 3,000 people were baptized and were saved, and and God began to do an amazing work. Why? Because the spirit of God was poured out. See, before he ever sent them out into the world, he said, go in Jerusalem and wait to receive power from on high. And 120 men, they received power, and they went out. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit, because think about this for a second, right? Because now what they had heard from Jesus, they were going to take everything that they heard and now begin to walk it out without Jesus being there physically. But Jesus told them ahead of time, he said, it is to your advantage that, if, that I go. For if I don't leave or depart, the helper, the Holy Spirit won't come to you. But if I leave, in other words, Jesus said he had to fulfill all righteousness and everything. And that he said whenever he would depart and leave, that he would send the Spirit of God. So what's better than Jesus physically following after him? By his Spirit, without any type of limitations, where we can have a relationship with him, because even the Spirit of God, Jesus said, the Spirit would not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will say. He won't even glorify himself, but he will glorify me, and he will guide you into all truth. And there's many things I wish to tell you right now, my disciples, but you can't bear it right now. But when he comes, he will speak to you things that I wish to continue to share with you. And guess what? He will bring to remembrance everything that I want to share. And I say all that to give you some background and some context to tell you right now that that same spirit that was poured out over 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, and that same spirit that Jesus was empowered by is still operating and living and moving in this world today, and his spirit is being poured out even to this day. That we don't have, get this, we don't have a watered-down, low-budget version of the Holy Ghost. Come on, has anybody ever seen a low-budget movie before? like, my gosh, what was the budget on this movie? That, that the Spirit of God has not depreciated over time here in the world. That we have access to the same Spirit 
that Jesus had access to, that he was filled and empowered with, that he sent the disciples out with to cast out demons, to see healings take place, to see people receive deliverance, to see salvation, to see all those things by the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God is still moving in this world today. There's still a ministry and work that's taking place. But the question is, what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? I want to give you these real quick. I believe that there's, there's, there's a few roles, titles, and operations when it comes to the Holy Spirit working and operating in the world today. And you can feel free to write these down. First thing we see is this, that the Holy Spirit is known as the indweller. Can somebody say the indweller? I want you to get this. So by indweller, I mean that he lives on the inside of us. Get this for a second. Did you know that in the Old Testament that the Spirit of God was limited and restricted to only a specific or few amount of people? And even, you want to get more intense? The Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, the high priest could only go behind the veil once a year? And get this, if the high priest did anything wrong in the rigorous process within that temple and the system that God had established, he would drop dead in the presence of God, and they would literally have a rope with a bell tied to his ankle, y'all, and they would know whenever he, he wasn't breathing no more, and they would pull him out. Why? Because God is holy, and we are not holy. Remember Moses said, I want to see you face to face, God. And God's like, if I showed you, me and my, my full power and faith, you would you'd be disintegrated. You know what I mean? And now we have the luxury, y'all. We have the privilege. It's a privilege. That presence that you felt in worship a few minutes ago, you know how many people in the Old Testament would have longed and desired and were just dreaming? Man, God, I want to fill you in this way. And even those that did feel the presence of God or that were anointed, the scripture says that the spirit of God would come and rest on certain individuals, like, for example, David. But then whenever they fulfilled a task or responsibility, or if, even if they were disobedient, the spirit of God would begin to lift off. So think about this. Lift on, lift off. Can you imagine waking up in the morning? It's like, God, where'd you go? That's why in Psalm 51, David says this. He said, God, because this is after he commits adultery and murder. He says, God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. So the Holy Spirit would lift on and lift off. Come and go. And they would lose the Ark of the Covenant. But in the genius of God, he thought of a solution and he thought of the answer. And he said, you know what? They keep on messing up. They keep on losing the Ark of the Covenant. They keep on falling short. But now I'm going to do something to where they won't lose my presence anymore. Why? Because now I'm going to take my spirit and I'm going to put it on the inside of them where now, guess what? When we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we now become temples of the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of you. That you have, re that's why the scripture says, greater is he that lives what lives lives, God could have had any home, any place. But he said, I want to live in my people. 
Oh, come on, somebody. He's the indweller. The next one is this. He is the teacher. Somebody say the teacher. I got to speed through this real quick. I knew it was going to be a long whenever I said it's going to be a short one. The teacher. Somebody say the teacher. And we already talked about it already. Jesus was an amazing, masterful teacher, you know, and, and people and the disciples, they were longing and, and, and grabbing on to every word. You know, he, 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 he see, being a, he was a rabbi as well, but what, like, in other words, that same, that's still the same word for teacher. But what made Jesus stand apart was they said, man, this is a, a teacher that speaks with authority. There's something different about this teacher. I don't really like that last rabbi from last week, but I don't know who this Jesus of Nazareth is. Man, this, this guy's amazing. And the disciples knew that his words were, were spirit and life and truth and everything like that, right? And now can you imagine Jesus saying, peace, getting out of here, you know? Now they're saying, man, I'm, I'm going to miss all those messages and all those things. But can I tell you, in the same way that, the, that Jesus was teaching the disciples that by his spirit, by the Holy Spirit, he was going to begin to teach and lead them. Guess what? Because here's two things that the Holy Spirit does. You ready? I'm talking about teaching. He reveals and he reminds. He reveals and he reminds. That when you open up the word of God, let me tell you to any Bible students, or any, I believe we all should be Bible students and disciples here at Riverside Church. Yes, you can read the Bible in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic and all these things, but there's nothing like reading the Bible in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. That the Bible is the only book, y'all, that you can read where the author is always present. When's the last time that you said, God, speak to me through your word? Give me divine revelation and understanding. Because you know what revelation is? Revelation is simply this, revealed truth revealed truth. And guess what? God can bring to remembrance what you have learned and studied through his word. In fact, I want to be honest and vulnerable with y'all. Every time I stand up here to preach the word, I say, God, you better show up and bring to remembrance everything that you showed me, because if you don't, it's going to be a wreck. And if nothing else I say is good, God's word is good. Amen? But every time I'm like, God, I need you, right, babe? Brooke, you can ask Brooklyn. Sometimes before preaching, I can be like a little nervous wreck at times. Oh, my goodness. But that's when, when, I, that's when I need to get myself out of the way and say, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm going to be obedient. You are the teacher. Speak, God. Have your way. God can teach you. God can anoint you on the job. God can anoint you. He, can lead. he is a teacher, the Holy Spirit. Talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The next one is this, the guide. Somebody say the guide. That the Spirit of God wants to guide you and lead you. So many stories come to my mind right now. But I think about in the book of Acts, you know, there were so many times whenever the disciples, they were led by the Spirit into a certain region or area, or even whenever they felt led to go to a certain area. I think, I believe it was Paul that wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit said, nope. At a certain time, they said, go over here instead. That you can be led and guided by the Spirit of God. I won't forget, I was driving through a parking lot one time, y'all. This may sound crazy to you, but it's hard to argue with experiences. In fact, I was driving an H-E-B Plus, and I was passing Chick-fil-A, and all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit say, stop. So I stopped right here, and I, I was like in the parking lot while I was driving, and all of a sudden, this other car that was in the other lane over kept on going, or whatever else, I think it was to my right over here, and then this car backed up, boom, and hit the back of the car. Thankfully, everything was all right and all good and whatever else like that. I was like, 
I was like, I mean, I'm thank, I, I gave God praise after I realized the other person was good. But I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. They were just backing out of their parking spot. But I don't know what it was. I just, I just, I just had, they, some people we call it the knower. You have this knower. You, you have a God who knows all things. Think about this for a second. Because the Holy Spirit, he is a person. He's not a force. This is not Star Wars or nothing like that, y'all. This is not Star Wars. He's not a for, He's not imper, impersonable, whatever. He is a person, and he knows you. And he, guess what? He knows the beginning to the end. He knows past, present, and future. How many of you in here want to be guided by God, someone that knows what's best for you? Come on. He wants to guide you. The next one is this. He's the convictor. Somebody say the convictor. In other words, Jesus at one point said that the Holy Spirit, he came to convict the world of sin. I'm so thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my personal life. Fact, we need to value the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it can become dangerous or scary, right, when we begin to treat that conviction casually and we become numb in areas where we used to have convictions in. What is that conviction? Right, wrong, good, bad. It's like being led in that way. And here's how you can know when it's conviction, okay? Conviction will always draw you towards God. There's a difference, though, because there's also condemnation. Whenever we become the judge in our lives and we condemn ourselves and shame and condemnation slips in, and guess what condemnation does? Condemnation draws you away from God. But through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, even if you sin, it's not if you sin, when you sin, because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We need to be quick to say, God, I'm sorry, Lord. God, let me become sensitive in these areas. God, have your way. And I'm telling you what, there's value in knowing and following the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So that should take some pressure off of you because some people try to be the sin police and try to be the Holy Spirit for other people all the time. Say, you shouldn't be doing that. But they may not feel, but just pray for them. You never know. I'm telling you what, there's power in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The next thing is this, the sanctifier. Somebody say the sanctifier. In other words, sanctification is an ongoing process that all of us are in. We are all a work in progress, by the way. None of us have it all together. Sanctification is when we begin to have a renewing in our mind, in our soul, and the fruit of the Spirit begins to be produced in our life. I've heard somebody say it before. Sanctification is simply this, to become more like Christ. See, and I've, the vitality of a church, y'all, isn't measured by how many people fill these seats you know what a vitality of a church is measured by? How much those people are filled with Christ. Because it's all about Christ. It's all about lifting up Jesus. We're going to get into the next one right here. It's this. He's the gift giver. Somebody say the gift giver. Come on, who in here loves gifts, by the way? Come on. He, he is a gift giver. I'm talking about spiritual gift. I'm saying Read the book of Corinthians right here. We have some reference right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit that we see in there, guess what? 
those gifts are still in operation within the church today. There's a belief in doctrine that those gifts died off with the early church and the apostles. But what did Peter tell the people that were there in that moment? He told the crowds, what you're seeing right here, this is for you and your children. Read it when you get a chance, Acts 2. And for those that are far off, speaking to us, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation today. And guess what it's for? You ready? The gifts of the Spirit is for the church and the body of Christ to be edified. Stick around. You'll, you'll see a gift of the Spirit operate. We just read some on the praise reports. Healing, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, things that are taking place. And guess what that's not for? That, it's not a competition. The gifts of the Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It's not about spiritual superiority. You know what it's for? Spiritual survival. Saying, God, the Bible says earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Next one is this, the intercessor. Somebody say the intercessor. The intercessor. Intercessor or intercession means to stand in the gap, to get in the middle, right? Come on. In other words, guess what? The Scripture says right here, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 27, it says that when we don't know what we ought to pray, that the Spirit makes intercession on our behalf with groanings that we may not be able to understand. Has anybody ever been in a place before where you just lost the words in prayer and you didn't know what to pray or say? But then all of a sudden, you just felt a swelling on the inside of you from your spirit, man, and you begin to release the words and the syllables and what you heard. Can I tell you, you may not understand what you are saying right there physically, but God knows what you are saying, and there is power in the words that you begin to speak. Can I tell you, you can be praying in the spirit, and you have no idea. You could be speaking life over your children, somebody on the other side of the world. You have no idea, and it begins to build you up when you pray in the Holy Spirit, that holy tongue, that divine tongue, you begin to be built up in the Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. More than all. He said, I thank God that I pray in this way. Why? Because it's building me up. I'm receiving from him. I've heard it said before that intercession is like an intersection. Intercession is like an intersection. I've had classmates, y'all, that I prayed for at school that were atheists and agnostics, and all of a sudden, I'd be in the living room watching a movie, and all of a sudden, I felt this prompting from the Holy Spirit to go and pray for that person, and I began to pray in tongues, and I could feel that I was praying for that person, and the next day, I go to that, this is true stories, I go to, that, I go to school, I sit down, that person comes to me, and they start crying because they had an encounter with the Spirit of God the night before, and they gave their life to the Lord. Why? Intercession. I may not understand it all, but God does, and I'm going to be obedient. And he's the glorifier. Somebody say the glorifier. In other words, the role and one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to lift up the name of Jesus. And that's when you know the Spirit of God is moving. When Jesus is exalted, not men being exalted. It's all about Jesus. 
We weren't called to receive glory. You know what we were called to do? We were called to reflect glory back unto God because he's given us the opportunity and privilege to be used by him. But he's also this, the helper. And Alicia, you can go ahead and come up. Somebody say the helper or the comforter. We just read it in John chapter 14, different translations. Some say helper, some say comforter, some say advocate that are there. And this is kind of like a catch-all right here. I mean, of course, you know, God can bring peace. But when he says helper, what he was, what he was saying in this moment, he's like, man, whatever, whatever need you may have, whatever you may be experiencing, I just want to let you know, just like I was with you, he will be with you. And I will be with you in spirit. And get this, I want you to catch this real quick, because this word, helper, that we just read in John chapter 14, it actually comes from this Greek word right here, which is this, paraclete. You have that definition, y'all? This, this word right here, the helper, do y'all have that back there, y'all? We don't have that one? Uh, good thing I ever remembered. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It comes from this Greek word, which says paraclete. It's also the, the root word is parakletos, which means this. You ready? The helper, the Holy Spirit, because it means someone who is called and stands beside or is beside you. Someone that comes and helps. That's a beside. That word right there, paraclete, parakletos, that, that right there, when the Greek, what that was speaking to, that was speaking within that, that, that day and age for, for the Greeks, someone that would stand in a court of law on behalf of, of somebody that they were representing to come and make an appeal before the judge. Someone that would come and stand beside them. And guess what, parakletos, that's where we get the words like this, parachute, paramedic, right, paralegal, all about somebody, something showing up to help in your time of need. And Jesus said, I'm going to, the, the helper is going to come. Whatever, he, he's going to come and assist you and help you. Because has anybody ever needed help with something before and you called on God? Or, or actually, let's, let's rephrase it. Have you ever called on somebody else? Anybody, like, you ever had to move before and you called everybody, right? I need some help. Or if it, has it ever been an emergency? Like a, an emergency. And you call the authorities. Me and my wife just experienced something like this this past week, y'all. Because this past week at conference, during the last stop that we made to get some breakfast somewhere, we were there with the team, and it was an amazing thing to be refreshed and everything. But what began to happen is when we, we went inside for breakfast, we came out, and our vehicle was broken into. Somebody broke into the window. We had all of our luggage in there, y'all because we were literally stopping to get food and heading back home. And, and I was preaching there at the conference, so I had some electronics things and stuff that were in there. And we step out, we go to our vehicle, glass, because who knows, like sometimes you don't think it's gonna happen to you like until it happens to you. It's like, oh my goodness, all this stuff. And I guess what I did, I called, I, I, yeah, I, made, I made a paraclete call, y'all. I, I, I called the authorities and called I one, called the insurance, went through the channels, y'all. And they said, okay, we're gonna send somebody and they're gonna be on their way. Guess what, 15 minutes went by. Nobody showed up. 30 minutes. Nobody, I called again. Hey, is anybody going to be? And I understand. I thank God. Can we thank God for the first responders that we have in our nation, in our city? Because honestly, probably much bigger things to take care of in Houston than somebody break. You know what I mean? Y'all, we wait about two hours. Nobody showed up. We're like, my goodness. 
no cameras were there. We, we didn't know what happened, and we ended up getting in touch with the, the police, and they said, you know what, we can do this online. I was like, oh, man, I wish you would have told me this two hours ago. So we, 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 they asked, okay, we're going to send you a link and begin to just, just, just submit the photos and everything like that. And we sent the photos, and whenever I looked down on my phone, I sent the first photo because as soon as it happened, I took photos. I, I, I looked at the photo, and it just hit me right here. I was like, man, all, the, all this stuff was in our luggage, by the way. But the one thing, the two things that they threw out was Brooklyn's notebook and her Bible. And her Bible was right there, smack dab in the center. And that was the only thing that was left behind. And in that moment, I just felt like God just reminded me in that moment that even though other authorities didn't show up in just a, 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 a what felt like a devastating moment, right? Because let me remind you, we need to make sure that our treasure is in the right place. Because I told Brooklyn, I said, I said, babe, this isn't our treasure. All the stuff that we have, it's going to it's gonna be sold and being goodwill and being junk guards and it's going to be this and there. All those things are going to be gone, but our, but our treasure is, is what Jesus, and I, I just felt like the Lord just reminded me in that moment saying, you know what, when you called for help, other people may not have showed up, but the highest authority of all, which is me, come on, his word. I was right there the entire time. I saw you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And when you call on the name of the Lord, oh, come on, has anybody ever called on the name of the Lord before? Oh, come on. You may find yourself in an emergency room. You might find yourself on your wits end. You may find yourself lost and broken. You may feel like you have no hope at all. You may have a child that's strayed away and you don't know what to do. Can I tell you what to do? Even if you just say four, four words, four letters, I think it is right. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I call on your name, Lord. Oh, Jesus, right now. Because he will never leave you. Come on. The promise of the Holy Spirit is this. You ready? Come on, stand to your feet. We're coming to a close. I know tonight was slow. We taught some. The promise of the Holy Spirit is this. You ready? That God, that is spirit, that is presence, that is power, and guess what? His peace would always be right there. You know what me and Brooklyn and my family did right there? We just began to lock hands and pray. We prayed over the individual. And I don't know what it is, y'all, because Jesus talked about it in John 14, right? He said, peace I leave with you. Peace. Not, as, not that this world can give you, not that kind of peace, not a temporary type of escape or whatever. I was like, but I'm talking about a supernatural, spiritual peace that, guess what, can't be explained. It can only be experienced. That comes from the Prince of Peace. But what do we do? We call on his name. We surrender to him. He is the helper. Call on him on your time of need. He'll always be right there. Oh, come on, who's ready to not do life on their own, but to be led by the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's close in prayer right now. Because I believe the Holy Spirit's just moving and stirring things up. Even if this message was for the one person, just want to be obedient. Thank you, Lord, right now. God, forgive us, Lord, for being distracted by so many other things in this world, God. God, we set our mind and our affections 
God, our hopes on you, Jesus. Right now, God, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us power and authority in your spirit, God. We just ask you right now, oh God, have your way. Have your way, God. God, I pray right now that you'd begin to remove every heavy weight and that peace would be imparted right now, that there would be peace, oh God, right now. Our treasure is in you, oh God. Have your way, God. Begin to convict. Begin to edify. Begin to build up, oh God. This is all about you, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in this place or you're watching online in this moment, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the scripture says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The scripture says that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Come on, make that declaration. Make that commitment. Say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent, God. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose. I make you Lord over my life. Come on, make it personal to you right now. Say, Lord, I repent. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now, that you are moving right now, and that you are convicting, Lord, and that you are moving, God, right now, even for those watching online. Have your way. Lord Jesus, it's all about you. Come on, can we sing it out before we leave this place tonight? Come on, if you want to just have this intimate moment with him, come on, let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. It's all about you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. The same spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving right now. Thank you, Lord, that you are healing right now. Thank you, Lord, that you are setting people free right now. We thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Have your way. Have your way. Come on, he's here right now. He's moving right now. Come on, just surrender to what you feel. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, worship Him. His Spirit is in this place. His presence inhabits the praises of His people. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, sing it out. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.